We're going to be talking about Fern Gully right after this from our friend DL Memphis and the Murdering Crows. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi's Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean. Elvis Presley and he's still the king. Some things are only imitatable. Can't be that original. All right, friends and foes, we are back with Back of the Cereal Box, the pop culture podcast that celebrates the fun of the Saturdays of our youth. And with me is my co-host, Willow Schuyler and Aubrey Cavett. And this morning, we are talking about Saturday matinee movies, movies that you curl up on the living room floor with a blanket and a bunch of pillows stacked around you with a bowl of cereal or popcorn or the whole family gathered around. And this morning, this week, we are talking about the 1992 independent animated movie, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. Now, this, this, this matinee movie was specially requested by Aubrey. She is obsessed with this movie, and um, we're, we're going to try and keep her on the rails, but we're going to let her <laughs> we're going to let her talk about why she loves this movie so much. Now, before we get to that, tale of the tape. This is an independent animated musical fantasy um, directed by Bill Croyer, and it was uh, scripted by Jim Cox and adapted from the Fern Gully stories by Diana Young. Uh, the film is an Australian and American venture produced by Croyer Films uh, and Young Heart Productions, FAI Films, and distributed by 20th Century Fox. It stars the voices of Samantha Mayus, Tim Curry, Christian Slater, Jonathan Ward, Robin Williams, Gracie Zabriskie, and... Tone Loke, the Yay. rapper Tone Loke. Um, it is a story about Fern Gully set in an Australian rainforest inhabited by fairies, including Krista, who accidentally shrinks a young logger named Zach to the size of a fairy. And together they rally the fairies and the animals of the forest to protect their home from the loggers and Hexus a malevolent pollution entity. Wayne Young, the film's producer, said the film was blatantly environmental, though made an effort to avoid being preachy. The film was released to mainly positive reviews and was also generally considered a moderate financial success at both the box office and home video sales. And in 1998, it was followed by a direct a direct-to-video sequel, Fern Gully 2, The Magical Rescue, though none of the original voice cast reprised their roles. Now, Aubrey, before I set you loose, I just 
I just want you to know that um, I I had never seen this movie until this week. I was very familiar with it. I was very familiar with the music and the songs. Life is a magic thing. I used to use that as the one of the opening songs in my magic shows. I did a I did a, a show at a, a theme park in uh, New York at Great Escape. And we did an illusion show, and that was our opening theme song. So, and, and I was very That's familiar cool. with Tim Curry's "Toxic Love" because <laughs> in, a, in a former life, I had a friend who was a burlesque performer who did a performance to that song, and um, I was very familiar with the Tone Loke uh, piece because they made a big deal about Tone Loke being in this movie, and mm-hmm. he appears as the lizard, and I don't think i actually have a oh here he is tone loke appeared yeah. as this character <laughs> if i'm gonna eat you mm-hmm. it might as well be you per- performed by tone loke but written by jimmy buffett which and, i did not know until this morning yeah jimmy buffett and his musical director mike utley wrote um if i'm gonna eat somebody and tone loke performed it mm-hmm. and uh you know we had some superstars like Johnny Clegg and Raffi doing uh, the song Raining Like Miracles. Um, A Dream Worth Keeping was performed by Sheena Easton. And then Some Other World with Elton John and Bruce Roberts and performed Mm -hmm. by Elton John. And, you know, what's really funny is this movie came out in 1992. And this was between, you know, this was after Little Mermaid after Beauty and the Beast, but before Aladdin. And and this is Mm -hmm. important context because you're going to talk about this in a minute, Aubrey. Yep. The, the, you know, Disney had their huge renaissance. They were back on top. Um, Don Bluth Studios were cranking out amazing things. like One after the other, after the other, yep. Starting with Secret of Nim and and All Dogs Go to Heaven and American Tale. And so many good ones. A lot of good ones. Uh, Land Before Time. And this movie, clearly to me, tried to capture that magic that Disney and Don Bluth were creating. However, mm-hmm. did it capture that magic? Or was it really <laughs> a misstep? And because um, I got to be honest with you guys, I fell asleep <laughs> watching this movie this week. It, it felt I, I I love the animation. I like the characters. I liked some of the voice performances. Uh, but the story was very formulaic, very straightforward. And in the middle, when Zach gets shrunk to fairy size and is discovering the love of the forest and his love for Krista, I fell asleep. It just bored me to tears. But but I'm not going to yuck on your yum, Aubrey. So tell us, as I'm going to, I have screenshots. So these are in random order. Um, you don't have to talk about these screenshots particularly, but tell us, why did you love this movie? Okay, Johnny. Um, I think uh, part of the reason that I love Krista and Hexus and 
this whole story, um, besides the fact that they, there isn't a huge dynamic cast that you listed off already. I mean, Rob Williams, Tim Curry, just those two combined are enough to draw in a crowd. And um, the reason why I did so good is because I believe in part, um, huge, a huge part actually, um, to do with the cast. Uh, this voice cast, Samantha Mathis, plays Krista. And she's been in a lot of stuff. And honestly, her quirky adorableness that she brings to the character is exactly the innocence it needed. Um, we've got uh, uh, Robert P Pastorelli that's playing one of the humans. Um, you know, he's full of sassy pants. I believe he was on My Cousin Vinny. Um, you've got Tone Loke rapping. We have Cheech and Chong in this movie, by the way. I don't know if anybody knows that. But Cheech and Chong play the bugs. <laughs> The two little bugs, they're a little yep. sassy. They call the human Zag instead of Zach. Um, so, so, uh, but Jonathan uh, Wards is the one that played Zag or Zach, either one. And uh, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I have lost count, Johnny. How many times I see, I've seen this movie. Um, I, I know it word for word. I, I, I know this movie. I've watched it and I couldn't believe that I still from childhood, from 12 years old, look at her. She's just holding her chest like I was just doing. <laughs> because it's just, it's like, it makes you think, okay, this movie reaches down to those of us who love musical theater, um, who like the environment, who like things that pull on your heartstrings. Um, it just really does that. And the innocence, if you really watch it with an open mind about feeling because that's a lot of what this movie is it's back in the in the the time period of um oh i'm trying to remember uh, all of the don bluth movies uh, all those big movies um were uh there's so much music involved and it it really shaped the whole story from beginning to end um the the entrance of batty comes and and just pummels the story right away like it's such an innocent story in the beginning it's just this fairy floating around and she's kind of mocking the leader like oh you do worry too much and then you get headlong shoved into reality because this this beautiful scene of of nature and innocence that's like oh it's it's fine it's perfect batty comes in and just destroys the whole idea with his with his robin williams with his comedy which again you said 14 hours he used so much yeah, so of Robin's. Okay, first of all, if, if people don't know, I am a enormous Robin Williams fan. I think I saw um, uh, uh, Good Morning Vietnam more than any child, the uh, female <laughs> child that is eleven, should ever be allowed to watch. I know that movie heart by heart. Okay, so I love Robin Williams. Short, furry, funny. Oh my gosh, one of the wait, first. So, so wait, 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 wait. So, yeah. so, slow down for just a minute, because <laughs> you made a point that you just okay. breeze breeze past robin williams recorded 14 hours of improvised voice tracks for this movie yeah and the part was only supposed to be nine minutes of the film they they were only able to use very little of what he actually recorded I want the outtakes. Like I would pay money for the outtakes to Robin Williams, both both Aladdin and this. But I'm gonna get to the Aladdin part in a little while, and I want Willow to talk about that too because she knows so much. <laughs> he also loves Robin Williams, um, and so I want her to come in on this too because I'm glad I'm not the only one who knows this. And I will say at the end of this, there are some things about um, this situation that you can look up on other 
sources about Mr. Williams, but I am a huge fan, enormous fan to this day. Robin, you were taken from us too young. I don't care how, just I wish you hadn't. I, 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 I think that that is the, next to George Carlin, one of the most influential male comedians of my lifetime. Um, and so to have his voice in there, batty rapping. Um, Robin was huge about um, being loyal to the planet and, and, and poor humanity, helping the homeless. He loved giving back. He loved making people feel and think at the same time. Patch Adams, so many. I could go down a rabbit hole for Robin Williams. I'm not going to do that. But if we're going back and pulling to this story, you know, Hexus is a representation. There's a dark over area. Yes, there he is. Okay, so there's a dark overview of this whole story that, you know, people can push aside and say, eh, environment. But let's just talk for just a quick second, not super long, about Hexus and the idea that it represents, even if you're not talking about Mother Nature, okay? There is a, a darkness inside our society prevalent all the way back as far as humanity goes. And we keep that locked in with our own light and our own desire to make things better and not to destroy and to use things to make you know growth happen. And Hexus in this movie, even if you don't like saving the environment, you know, Hexus represents the despicable evil that is nature, natural. Okay, it comes from nature and it wants to suck things up. And if we allow it, it will. So you can take this down a dark rabbit hole of, of, of emotions and society. You don't even have to talk about Mother Nature. But this movie was designed to talk about that. The writer um, is uh, Poirier's uh, wife. Um, and, and the fact that she wrote this story and that he helped make this a thing. You know, if we want to talk about animation, I love anime because we have movement and beauty, but we also have painted backgrounds. We have the stuff where you look at it and you could just screenshot it and put it on your wall, man. Like that, I love that kind of art. I love taking thought and music and mixing it with good animation and movement, action, romance, and then putting a background behind it. So for me, uh, this movie is always gonna be like one of my top 20. And, and there's a lot of movies out there. So top 20, it's kind of hard to do. Um, go ahead, you were gonna say something, Johnny. I saw that. Yeah. So if you love that traditional animation with painted backgrounds, Everyone who is in Aubrey's camp this weekend, go see Wish, the new Disney musical. It is a it is a hybrid of CGI and traditional animation. the The backdrops are all traditional animation, hand painted backdrops. the The animation is a hybrid. Uh, they they created hand drawn character models and then used CGI animation to animate them. So it looks and feels a lot like a traditional animated movie, but the backdrops are all hand-painted in Wish. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool. $2 million, $200 million budget for one animated movie. So oh, wow. um, yeah. So there's, so there's two ways that you can confirm that this movie is done in Australia besides looking at the wiki. Just to let you know, Zach's ID in the movie, if you screenshot that, Zach's ID says that he is from Australia. So when uh, Robert Postelli and, or I, think, I believe Pastelli, that I'm saying that right, Pastorelli, sorry. <laughs> um, when he's talking to his coworker, which he says some, uh, he says some spicy lines in that. One of his lines is, uh, how many times a day I got to threaten your life? Whoa! <laughs> okay, so the human beings, they're showing just how hardworking and they're talking about double overtime so that they can cut down all these trees in there. But but when this is going on, 
he talks about how Zach is at a summer job. Okay. And the other way that you can tell um, that it's Australia is that the, uh, the grass trees. So when, when Mag Maggie Luna is looking out and she parts, by the way, the amount of magic that these creatures, these fairies have in this story, they just bend the trees. Like just, let me look through here. What's happening? You know, and oh, there's the smoke. Oh, what's that? Right. The trees just go like, oh, ah. they just sigh like the old black and white cartoons that where the trees would just dance. They're just like, ah, they just part. And there is there is the, this smoke. And that's not even Hexus yet. Hexus isn't even released. But she's immediately worried about the human beings. But those trees that you see that are when 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 uh, Maggie Luna does that and then Krista flies through. They're those weird shaped trees with the little tufts at the end. Those are called grass trees, only found in that parts of Australia. Um, but the other reason why they did this movie, one of the things that I wanted to, to step on, um, is about the environment. It is about the environment. Like that, there was so many forest fires. People were really worried about um, global warming. You know, these are not things that have gone away guys thinks they're we still got more people things are still going forward so you know i recycle um and, and this is the only thing i'm going to say about the environment part i i do my 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 tiny bit to recycle um i reduce reuse i try to buy second hand i buy from local you know i try not to buy i'm gonna say it and they're not gonna like it but i try not to do wish timu and other things like that because that's fast fashion so if you gotta you gotta buy it try not to i know discount is a great thing i am a thrift goddess when it comes to that like you willow i love saving a dime because i always got to pinch those pennies till they scream a second time you know but the truth is is that if you can avoid doing fast fashion second hand is just as good and back to this you know the storyline maggie luna is the 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 oldest and the most wisest and most powerful fairy in this story okay and she gives up or spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie i'm so sorry maggie dies at the end, guys. Does, does she die? Does she, she die? Does or die. Does, she is or does, absorbed. She becomes, life. She becomes mm -hmm. one with the force. Yes, yes. She essentially, her herself, you know, dies. And she gets, she sprinkles a little bit of herself to everybody. You know, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but... but the, the fact that this story... You know, you wait, wait. I, wait okay. I, 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 had, <laughs> I had a girl... She sprinkled a little bit of herself to everybody. I had a girlfriend <laughs> like that in college. Oh, Johnny, Johnny. The family, family, guys. Different kind, different kind of sprinkles, different kind of sprinkles. Um, You're welcome. Anyway, so, <laughs> so there's some great one-liners, okay? One of my favorite things about a movie is that it's got good music, it's got romance, action, keeps you entertained. To me, this does for, for me, but again, childhood, you know, is very impressionable. So if you haven't watched it as a kid, maybe just go back and try it, but keep an open mind. It is a kid's movie. It was meant to be safe for children. So even though Tim Curry's on there and they cut some of his lines and, you know, Willow's gonna talk about that in a little while, you know, his spicy man was there. We still have this noxious muck. Like his lines just, just dripped, they oozed. And then we've got the batty rap. If you've never heard the batty rap from Rob Williams, potato in a jacket. I mean, come on guys, you have to see this movie just for the music, even if you buy the soundtrack. But, but the biggest, thing that the, the one-liners okay we've got a one-liner that says great i was shrunk by an amateur uh, uh and it's oh it's darwin's grab bag <laughs> um uh, uh rob williams one of my favorite i'd rather suck wax fruit uh <laughs> and um the giggles on tim curry 
if you don't giggle when Tim Curry giggles, I'm sorry for you on so many levels. Um, but I, I just have to say, watch this with your kids. You know, even if you don't like fairies, you don't have to like fairies. It's got some fun. It's got a little bit of romance. And and before we got on screen, I had to say to Johnny something. I want to remind people just because somebody loves somebody doesn't mean that other somebody loves you back. It's kind of sad this time of year to say that. But in this movie, we do see that. You know, we have a beautiful fairy Christmas. Well, well, wait, 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 wait. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna dis I'm gonna disagree with you on this point. You said that Krista was not interested in Zach, and I don't think that's true. I think she was, uh, but I think she realized that there were uh the, there were two different uh species, two different worlds, two different backgrounds. It would be too difficult and unfair to both of them to like pursue that because it was very evident that they were falling in love zach and krista and by the way uh guys if you know aubrey says you may not like fairies but you're gonna like krista i'm just gonna say <laughs> and for the women of course uh there was uh puck uh who was uh, yeah oh uh, by uh, christian slater oh spicy you know, his voice acting in this kind of kind of took me out a little bit because I didn't real I didn't realize sorry, it was him. Tips. Yeah, and 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 he's like, "Hey, Krista, what's going on in the rainforest?" Kind of like supposed to be an Australian badass what? surfer dude. Didn't you know that, Johnny? Some girls like that muscle <laughs> I'm yeah, not one of wife, them, but you know. My, my my wife does, which explains a lot in our household. Anyway, um, so so <laughs> Willa, <coughs> you 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 loved this movie when you were young, and you said you hadn't seen it in maybe <laughs> since then. And and you watched it this week. So give us your your kind of opinion rundown what you thought about this movie and then i'm going to share my thoughts and right. and completely upend the cart so yeah the, this movie uh, i i remember loving it as a child and being all excited for you know all the all the animation uh although okay so watching it i watched it yesterday and the music, so some of the music didn't seem like it fit with you know, with the theme of the movie. Um, not as well as like any Disney movie or any other uh, animation oh, animated hello. movie that I've seen as a kid. Not Disney. Not but, Disney. No, I know it's a Fox movie. It's uh, but uh, I do remember getting this it, they were paper dolls that it, that you got with the movie when you bought it um i remember playing with that as a kid and trying to recreate all the little scenes and making my own imagination up um i don't know too much of the toys that came out from this there, there weren't any either and, and that's that was uh, kind of a, a weird thing because this movie did have moderate success at the box office. It didn't, you know, blow the walls off, but it did make profit. It was successful, um, but it didn't have extensive toys. There was one doll 
made of Krista, which mm-hmm. was in a, uh, you know, blister pack. Um, and it's, it's just quite honestly, not very good. Yeah. There's two of them. Um, and um, there was a plush baddie made. And then there was a set of PVC characters, um, you know, made. And that was it. That Those are the only toys that existed um, for this movie, which I find a monumental missed opportunity. Um, the, the only other merchandise that I could find were the paper dolls that Willow mentioned. And... Um, a book um yeah i've seen that krista saves the magic um and i don't know if this is the original book that the movie was based off of and then readapted based off of the movie but um based on the animated feature film yeah so so that was the only there were no board games produced there was very little merchandise i couldn't find uh i couldn't find um, studios was very small johnny and well, actually, I understand that. No, I understand that. So was Lucasfilm when Star Wars came out. Yeah, it didn't Luke, have a lot of backing. It, Croyer was trying to keep it in-house, like according well, to the stuff I looked up. Well, no, I, I completely get that. But if you have something that's successful and that you mm-hmm. want people to go see, you create merchandise around it. And George Lucas taught us that. That was yeah. what fueled the success of Star Wars. Was so apparently people, there was some kind of... Sorry. People could recreate the stories with their toys at home and it fueled anticipation. And there was nothing like that produced for this movie. But and there's a reason why there was so much uh, <laughs> uh, Disney. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Willow, Willow, Willow. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The Star Wars was released independently in 1977. It was not produced by Disney. It was not owned by Disney. It was wholly owned by George Lucas, distributed by 20th Century Fox. He had the foresight to understand merchandising and how merchandising can drive and fuel more and more views and ticket sales. That was not a Disney thing. Disney came into the picture in 2013 because they wanted a piece of what had already been created. So um, now I know with 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 little mermaid and uh beauty and the beast um you did have the disney machine behind that but even those movies they were still playing catch up to the dark years um they were still coming out of their dark period um and and you know we saw with the secret of nam and all dogs go to heaven and land before time those things were merchandised all over the place American Tale, um, you, you saw five old toys. This movie everywhere. in particular had like it had it like Disney, perp, uh, like uh, whoever was in charge of Disney at the time, Jeffrey hated Katzenberg. the fact that uh, that Robin Williams was working on this movie and he, they tried to control every aspect of this movie and try to ruin it. Yeah, they tried to sabotage it. So, um, and 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 part of the story was that, you know, um, this was uh, Robin Williams' first animated role, the character of Batty Coda. And it was Mm -hmm. created specifically for him. Now, Robin Williams had signed on to do this movie before Mm -hmm. he was offered the role of the genie in Aladdin, which would come out a year later and, and was 
he he was nominated for an Academy Award for his voice acting in that movie. Um, but he had already signed on to be Baddie before Aladdin. But Je Jeffrey Katzenberg, the chairman of Walt Disney Studios, really tried to sabotage this. He tried to force Williams to withdraw from Ferngully on the grounds that he did not want him voicing two animated characters at the same time. Robin Williams refused. And Disney repeatedly interfered with the production of this movie twice by taking over spaces that the producers had rented by paying the landlords more to kick them out. And then the producers bought a, a former brewery in the San Fernando Valley to be their studio. Disney attempted to come in and buy the building. And um, so anyway... Yes, you're right. Disney tried to sabotage this movie. Why? I'm not really sure. But Jeffrey Katzenberg, although he oversaw the re renaissance of Disney, he was soon to be gone. And, um, you know, uh, Bob Iger would, would come in and replace him shortly uh, thereafter. But um, I, I will tell you this. And and Willow, you and I talked about this before the the before we went live. I felt like the producers on this movie really did try to capture that Disney and Don Bluth magic, but mm -hmm. in my opinion, they failed. They they came close, but like you said, some of the songs just did not fit, and some of the characters served no purpose. Like. Like the lizard, Tone Loke. Great song, great character. He appears, sings the song, and disappears. Served no purpose. Um, there were, you know, a couple of other uh, pieces of music that, you know, weren't quite, didn't quite fit as well as uh, we might expect them to today. However, the voice performance by Tim Curry was absolute magic. And, you know, based on what we just told you about Robin Williams and being pressured to leave this film, um, it is very obvious that even though he voiced 14 hours of improv material, it is very obvious in this movie that the producers needed to keep his character to the script. They, they did not allow him to take over the movie. Um, and I know you disagree with that, Aubrey, but to me... I'm not just a Robin Williams fan. I, I studied with Robin Williams. So I know a little what? bit about his technique. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I studied stand-up comedy with Robin Williams back in the early 90s. What do you but mean with him? Huh? What do you mean with Robin? I, I took classes from Robin Williams. Huh. What? Anyway, yes. So, so. Um, Holy crap. So when I hear him do a project, I can hear, I can see, I can recognize when he's being reined in a little bit. And uh, this movie definitely had him getting reined in. And so um, for, for me, this movie was very straightforward. It was very predictable, uh, with the exception of Zach returning to human size and leaving the rainforest. But he did leave with a renewed uh, appreciation and probably commitment to try to protect it 
But, you know, if it had been 100% predictable, Zach would have stayed shrunk and would have lived among the fairies forever because he got sprinkled with a little bit of her uh, magic as well. Yes, he did. And yeah, I believe he appreciated things a little more. But what was your opinion on things, Willow? Um, well, okay, so the whole movie is it's really cute and uh, definitely was a magical movie for me to watch as a kid. Not so much as an adult, but knowing some of the truth behind it. Although, you know, I feel like Tim Curry's character uh, highly influenced uh, the character of um, Hades. <laughs> I can on. see that. It's like the two very much have that like feel and mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I don't know. It, it, like, I feel like that's a that was a role that Tim Curry could have easily sunk into. Um, mm -hmm. I I love the song he sang. My toxic love. It was great. And speaking of uh, that role, uh, Tim Curry's original voice recordings were so eerie and sinister that it made children cry during test screenings. <laughs> Curry had to be called back in for some less intimidating retakes. I mean, I want to hear those too. I really want to hear those <laughs> Like, I oh want my. a ringtone of that. Oh, my little children, are you frightened by my performance? Oh, that's fantastic. Um, fantastic. Uh, yes, his. Toxic love. <laughs> so, so those of you who are commenting in the chat, we're going to get to your comments here in just a minute. Uh, continue to share because you've got a couple of diverse opinions here. Aubrey, who is over the moon in love with this movie. Uh, Willow, who loved it as a child and has slightly different opinions now as an adult, seeing it for uh, with fresh eyes. And me, having never seen it, um, with, with, you know, my film critique sensibilities. I, I don't dislike this movie. Let me just say that. Um, okay. I, I think this movie is a fantastic piece for the family to sit down, especially family with young kids on the mm. living room floor and to, to enjoy it for what, what it is. Is it a masterpiece? No. Um, is it a perfect film? No. Um, is it, is it worth watching? Yes. It is definitely a big piece of, American pop culture. Um, mm -hmm. Despite the lack of merchandising, this movie did have an impact on American pop culture. And oh, because it huge. yeah, because it was a hit is speaking of which um, I, I, I did do a search for merchandise, for cereal, for clothing, tie-ins. I did a search for Fern Gully cosplay. You guys, there's so much out there. I couldn't even begin to start to represent any of it. I but I found this one picture of oh, the three so together, and uh, just do a Google search for Fern Gully, the Last Rainforest cosplay, and be prepared oh, to take a deep dive <laughs> for days, days and oh, days. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, I love there's that. a lot of it. So Aubrey, your assignment, mm -hmm. if you should accept it, is to create a fern gully cosplay a fairy i would love to see your version I think of Krista. you would do very well as maggie oh i hate pink though <laughs> whoops 
is not a good color. But there was some ginger in the background because there's a lot of fairies in this movie. There is yeah. a huge array of like, did you see the big guy that looks like Santa, the dad with the with the skirt? Look at him. Yeah. He's so cute. Oh, my God. If I could find a cosplayer that, that I was wearing at this costume that I'm, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to make one. OK, but if I could find an old guy that's got like that grass skirt on, I want a picture with him with the big belly because, oh, my goodness, he's so little and his hair. I was trying to do the hair. <laughs> Um, but I'm just going to say this one more thing. Um, this movie is, is even if you don't watch the movie, you know, the soundtrack, okay. The, the, the music behind it permeates my thoughts. I never also guys, um, when Zach wakes up, there's some really funny parts in this movie. Also, when, when Zach wakes up, any man, any male on the planet, if he wakes up and you have his pocket knife and his wallet, <laughs> okay okay just you know don't and, hurt me and, well and you're scantily clad <laughs> she was she was scantily clad he's like morning oh, okay. bells right but tubular i never heard the word tubular or bodacious until this movie you don't understand there is a reason i call everybody dude okay it's genderless to me there is no gender in dude you're a dude you're a dude you're a dude i'm a dude we're all dudes dude bodacious dude Alrighty, let's go to some viewer comments. Um, <laughs> Andrew Milden says, I love this movie. And Dave Mattingly says, I think voicing Batty in Fern Gully is what got William Robin Williams the genie gig in Aladdin. No. 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 But I wish it almost it almost took away his chances of getting that role. It did. It did. Check out that rabbit hole, guys. It's not on our YouTube. We're not tattling on nobody. <laughs> Uh, Tabby Cat says, I wore out a VHS of this movie too. Fern Gully is one of my favorites. It's also part of my Robin Williams collection. Yeah. Robin. Um, and uh, Tabby Cat says, Bless your eyes with magic light. I give the gift of fairy size or uh, sight. Yeah, that's what happens. Um, and Andrew wants to do a Don Bluth miniseries. They basically made everything. This yep. is Avatar, by the way. Avatar, what? Okay, so uh, <laughs> Avatar highly uh, Ferngully. Uh, yep. Backgrounds was influenced <laughs> by Ferngully. Uh, if you if you watch it, you will see a lot. Oh, of oh, oh, the oh, artwork. oh, yeah. The, the Go James, back. the James Cameron, James Cameron. Avatar. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of influence there, and and. Andrew, yes, we are going to be talking about we we've already done Secret of Nim, Don mm -hmm. Bluth movie. Um, I think we're debating on whether the next one should be Land Before Time or um, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yes. All right. I, I love both of them equally. Can we do? Can we just do a little mini series on him? Like, <laughs> let's talk about it this week. All right, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dave Mattingly says Tone Loke was a lot of fun as the cop in Surf Ninjas. <laughs> um, or Andrew Milden says Juice in Blank Check. I've, oh. You know, I've never seen either of those. All right. So Dave Mattingly says it's a story told time and time again. Boy meets girl. Robin Williams arrives and takes over the movie. Yeah. But but yeah. he really they really didn't let him, though. That That is the thing. <laughs> 
Tabby does says Robin steals it all. And uh, Andrew Milden says, a story old as time. Tale as old as time. True as it can be. Um, Tabby Cat says, Johnny, it's like that with every movie he ever voiced. Hours and hours of extra recording they couldn't use. Mm -hmm. Think of the compilation. Oh. All right. Ooh. I guess. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> and Tabby Cat says, I agree, Aubrey. Top 20 for sure. Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> Callie Hawkins says, hey, y'all. Great morning with your crew. Thank you, Callie. Thank you for being here. And um, Dave Mattingly. My my favorite Robin Williams movies are in order: Dead Poet Society, Popeye, and Aladdin. And I am going to agree with you one hundred percent. I love Popeye. I know way too much of all those movies. I think I've seen them each like twenty, no, at least fifteen times. Dead Dead Poet Society, so good, was one of the most influential that. movies of my um, early or late teens it came out right after i graduated high school and the message in that movie yeah. resonated so deeply with me that it it really set my path for the next two decades um tabby cat says fern gully is great ecto fidget fiction echo eco fiction and um oh andrew milden he says, Dave, Jack is in my top three, too. Oh, my too. God. Jack. Uh, I remember I, Jack. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to watch that. Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. <laughs> oh, there's so many. There's so many. Catch Adams. Catch Adams. Tabby Cat says, Johnny, lol, LOL. She sprinkled her energy throughout them all, recycling back into the stream. Okay. Top five Robin Williams yeah. movies. Oh. Maybe number four is Hook. Love that movie. Mm, oh, uh, Ruby. Oh, Tabby, yes. Tabby Cat says, Potato in a jacket, toys in toys the jacket. Rocking, I ramble. My brain is scrambled. <laughs> All right. So I'll have to, Zentron says, I'll have to play the baddie today, but Wish should have been called Meh. Not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's not one to watch over and over again. Wait, wait, Zentron. Do you like Fern Gully more than Wish? Like what? Does he like Fern Gully more than Wish? Oh. That'll be a good question. We'll have to let him answer. Uh, Tabby Cat says, I agree with Johnny on the Krista-Zach love dynamic. Thank you, oh. Tabby. <laughs> and Drew says uh, his favorite Robin Williams Jumanji. is one hook, Jack, and Aladdin tied with Jumanji. All right. So Dave Mattingly says Krista wasn't quite the bombshell that Eleanor was in Wizards, True. but she's got it going. Oh, this is good, Aubrey. She asks, how's everyone feeling, baddie or toxic? I think you're feeling daddy for sure. I'm always a little. A lot of us are are a form of daddy. So Dave Manning said John worked with Robin Williams. You should have led with that, Johnny. So I I took I took a comedy stand up comedy workshop that he directed and led in out out in L A. 
Um, so he was one of my mentors, but um, also Red Fox. I spent Red a lot Fox. of time with, yeah, I spent a lot of time with Red Fox growing up. Um, and um, anyway, that's a lifetime ago. Um, yeah, sometimes I forget those things even happen. But here's what I learned from Robin Williams, okay? So everyone thinks that Robin Williams improvised everything, and that's not true. Robin Williams had set bits that he had mm -hmm. rehearsed, developed, mm -hmm. written, and perfected. Where the improvisation came in was he had them ready to go in any order at any time. He could instantly dig into that filing cabinet and pull out those lines or those bits to fit whatever situation he was in. And mm -hmm. there's a point in this movie where he goes into, it, it's at the end when they're fighting Hexus, he goes mm -hmm. into one of his, um, one of his characters that he brings back over and over. Uh, he's like, uh, it's a, it's a cowboy kind of cavalry general character. Mount them mm -hmm. up boys. Let's move out. And, and he, he used to do that character. He did it in night at the museum. As he actually Roosevelt. references about four or five movies in that scene at the very end against Hexit. When yeah. Hexus, he's like four or five movies that you might have seen lines from those movies. He's shouting as after Zach hits his little wire on his ear, he just shouts them like one, two, three, four, five. And one of the things I loved about Robin way back in the Mork and Mindy days is you're right, Johnny. He just seemed to pull from like a multitude of characters in his head that he had prepared, just ready to come out and punch somebody with with a one, two. The one-liners are just perfect, purvey this whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Tabby Cat says, Tone Loke's character served as an intro into the severe danger Zach had suddenly been dropped into. Okay. Thank you, Tabby. I agree. Okay, I can. All right, so I did know this. Dave Mattingly says Tim Curry auditioned for the animated Joker, but he was far too creepy. I think, though, did he not end up doing a version of the Joker he in did. one of the animated he films? Did. I think he yeah, did time. it for like the first season or first couple episodes, but then he couldn't hold on to the character's voice for very long. Well, um, it, it wasn't in Batman the Animated Series. That was no. always Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what Dave's referencing. He He auditioned for that. But he, I think he did do, he came back and did the Joker for one of the animated movies. Someone someone, correct us on that. I'm looking at And I will say that watching the movie not on VHS, it does matter. I don't know if I had a bad copy of my VHS. Um, a lot of bootlegs back in the day. Um, so I will say that as far as watching Fern Gully not on VHS, um, having worn out mine as a kid and having purchased it to watch it again, it, it's definitely a little cleaner. It cleaned up a little bit of the edges, a little bit of the, you can see some speckles in the, in the, you know, the, the, the tape you can tell, but honestly, it, it really kept a lot of the original um, uh, love that I had for it. And, and I would love to see outtakes, like somebody find that vault case, you know, like, I, I don't know how much money I got in the bank, but I know it's not enough to afford that. But somebody unearth it so the rest of us can see it. Because I guarantee between Tim Curry, Robin Williams, Tone Loke, and Cheech and Chong, there has got to be some extra great stuff in there that we could unearth. Yeah. And Zentron says definitely he likes Fern Gully more than Wish. So there you go, Aubrey. What, what'd you find out, Willow? 
Okay, so Tim Curry was initially cast as the Joker in Batman and the Animated Series in 92. However, after recording only four episodes, he quit the show after he developed bronchitis. Oh. Um, oh. Hi, my cat. That's the same <laughs> year as this movie came out, isn't it? I think so. Huh. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Because I did, I, I I will say, this is kind of weird, but I did think that Tim Curry's voice was a little scratchy during this. Maybe he was going through something. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I did notice that because at first I, I was like, nah, nah, maybe it was just for the part. But no, I think maybe, maybe Tim had something going on back then in, in 92 that, that, you know, he didn't want to spread around about his voice because his voice was, was 90% okay. of his work. Okay. Okay. So further information on that, <clears throat> that yes, he did voice those four episodes, but they never used the, the recordings. Um, They replaced him with Mark Hamill. Right away? But, oh, wow. But, and apparently just because it was too, too intense, too scary. Um, but, um, the the voice recordings are available. <gasps> and what? and where? Where, yes. where, where? Um so I'm trying to find a link to it. Once we find it, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll post it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, we're going to let Dave Mattingly have the last word on Fern Gully. Oh. He says Fern Gully. <laughs> Like, Avatar dances it's all with the wolves. same movie. <laughs> and I, yeah. Oh, oh, Johnny. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, going yeah. to agree. I watched Dances with Wolves again. No, I know. We 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 lost connection for just a minute. Um, I did watch uh Dances with Wolves last week. Brilliant movie. Um, and Avatar is a direct ripoff of Dances with Wolves, and it came out actually after Fern Gully. So Maybe Fern Gully influenced Dances with Wolves because in Fern Gully, Zach is the uh, Dances with Wolves character. And my dog just opened the studio door and came in. <laughs> she, she can open doors on her own. Oh, my the wonders goodness. of home studios, guys. Yeah. So... <laughs> So everyone listening and watching, uh, you may have noticed we did something a little bit different today, and that is we started the show again in the middle. And that's because only people who watch the live stream from beginning to end will get to see uh, what's in the bowl and new loot and some of the other precursor discussion. Ooh. The audio version of this show will only pick up with the discussion of the animated properties from Saturday mornings that we are talking about going so you forward. Get special stuff. You get to see special stuff nobody else does. That's awesome, yes. Johnny. I love that. Somebody yeah. brought so, Johnny to let us have commercials. <laughs> well, we do have commercials. We do. Um, yeah. But um, right now, they're just our own commercials. Um, but that's going to change very soon as well. Big news is coming. Uh, for Ooh. 2024, but as we go into season four now, that <gasps> is um, that is what we're going to do for the four. audio version. Yeah, for the audio version, it's just going to be um, a, a tighter show. And uh, for those of you who are listening, who want to see, well, what is in their bowl? What are they talking about? Cereal? What are they talking about? 
prizes from the cereal box. Um, you'll have to watch the live streams on Saturday mornings or replay on YouTube and Facebook. But um, Ooh, and there we, you and go. We got Patreon, right? Too. What's that? We got a Patreon, right? Too. Yes. Right there on yeah, the bottom. So, Look at our Patreon. Yeah. So for those of you who want to support the show, uh, visit us at patreon.com slash cereal box podcast right there. Patreon.com slash cereal box podcast. And the there thing. are it's there the are exclusives. There are exclusives only for mm -hmm. Patreon subscribers, um, including the latest two episodes of Back Issue Breakfast Club. Oh. And um, Willow, we're going to be talking about uh, you doing a Patreon exclusive uh, series. Oh, okay. In including your um, your Winnipeg Comic Con adventure is oh. only going to be oh, made available to our Patreon subscribers. Oh, yay! I'll get I'll get on uh, uh, editing that. Hey, yeah, Johnny, we should, Johnny, we should talk about the three of us doing a happy birthday just for Patreon exclusive. Ooh, all ooh, three of us you know what? happy birthday. Yeah, we'll make we'll talk about that later on. But in the meantime, we need to go because I gotta go make breakfast for the family. And um, oh, actually, no, Dave just corrected me. Dances with Wolves was 1990, so it was the original. Fern Gully was the imitator. Love it, love it. Um, wasn't like Pocahontas also in that list of things that uh, James Cameron kind of ripped off? For probably, uh, probably Avatar. Pocahontas was later after. Yeah, Dances but not not oh. not the movie, but like the story of. Oh, oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. All right, so we got to go. Willow, tell people where they can follow, find, and support you. All right. You can find me all over social media. I kind of like to uh, refer to myself as the social media socialite. Uh, I am on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, <laughs> I do not use uh, Twitter much, but uh, you can uh, find me on there or X. Um, you can find me on TikTok more so uh, and Instagram. Uh, and soon you'll see me on uh, Patreon, I guess. <laughs> Excellent. And tomorrow, oh, look who just, look who just joined us. Tomorrow night, please uh, join me for Cryptid Crunch. I believe Aubrey will be joining us. Uh, so please, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, holiday creatures. Uh, so, yeah. Fun, Revisiting fun, fun. holiday creatures. <laughs> And uh, Aubrey, you can be found on Instagram at Donnie Even K on Instagram and um, also on Facebook on my own personal name. Um, and I will be walking in our tree lighting ceremony tonight, hopefully not being rained on or freezing my butt off. We decorated the float last night. We are part of P Flag, by the way, if you want to look up our organization, um, not a sponsor. But I'm um, definitely proud to serve my community in different ways, including dressing up like a character and wishing all of you happy holidays. Outstanding. And I am Johnny. You can uh, follow us at backofthecerealbox.fun. Backofthecerealbox.fun. And um, tonight for uh, Johnny Palooza Day One, my son and I are going to go see the new Godzilla 
movie Godzilla minus one. I can't wait. Oh. Full report to follow. Oh, um, oh, oh, oh. And before we leave, guys, we got to acknowledge one of our partners, Comic Books for Kids. Comic Books for Kids provides comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers across the U.S. It's a place where we can all work together to make sure every child has a comic book. 100% of all proceeds go towards the kids. It's about making a difference, and while they're in the hospital, allowing them to fly like a superhero, battle dragons, or rescue teddy bears. We are in every state in the country and now support over 160 hospitals. Every month, we add more. Visit CB4K.org. And if you want to support comic books for kids, a great way to do it is on Facebook. I created a birthday fundraiser to benefit comic books for kids. Oh, that's so nice of you, Johnny. As a birthday present to me, uh, drop uh, some donations to comic books for kids. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to say so long, farewell, Avidas and Bonjour. Love you, mean it. Until the next time, catch ya on the back of the cereal box. Mm -hmm.